Welcome to the She is Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Laura McLean, and I will be interviewing unstoppable women who are doing big things, making a massive impact, and changing the world. I hope you are ready to be inspired and start going after your biggest dreams. I am so excited about today's guest. She is an author, speaker, and podcaster. She is the founder of Sparkle Hustle Grow, an amazing subscription box for female entrepreneurs. She's been featured in BuzzFeed, Forbes, Business Insider, Pop Sugar, Us Weekly, and Mashable, just to name a few. She now coaches others to launch their own subscription box through her subscription box boot camp. Please welcome Miss Julie Ball. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. I followed your journey for a while and I have always been intrigued by Sparkle Hustle Grow and those pretty pink boxes and all the things that are in them. I think we both probably share the love and possibly for me, obsession of personal growth. But I I know that you have recently sold Sparkle Hustle Grow and you've got a ton of things going on now. Let's just start from the beginning with Sparkle Hustle Grow. How did that get started and what made you want to start a subscription box? Yes, the big launch story, right? right. So I'd, I'll start by saying I did 10 years in corporate America. So I was working in music marketing with live amphitheaters, with radio stations, and I found myself in 2011 in a very corporate um, leadership role. And it was very male dominated. And I was pregnant with our daughter, McKenna, who is now 11. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Um, but anyhow, I wanted to leave that, that corporate job for a variety of reasons. And I felt like this was my out. Like I have a really big reason right now that I feel compelled to leave. So um, tw- that was 2011. And I started like doing side hustles, um, naps, nights, and weekends when I had her. It was kind of like, we took this leap leaving my corporate career. And I didn't know if it was going to last three months, three you know years, if it was even going to work at all. But I really feel like there, where there's a will, there's a way. And so I started that first um, side hustle in 2011. I was helping build websites for small businesses in the local area where I was living. So fast forward to, let's see, that was 2011. So fast forward to 2016, McKenna was about to start kindergarten. We felt the mountains were calling. So we moved from the Charlotte, North Carolina area to Asheville, North Carolina. So it's Western North Carolina, the Blue Ridge Mountains. And when I found myself in this new town, I was really, really excited to live there. I loved visiting there. And so now to be able to be a resident was amazing. But I got really, really lonely. All my work was behind the screen. My daughter had just started kindergarten and I just felt lonely. And so I started filling that gap with subscription boxes. I know, I know retail therapy is not the answer. At the time, I felt like it was what I needed because I could find something that would that would bring me joy that would bring me that would bring me surprise and delight as it showed up at my door and so i subscribed to a couple boxes like stitch fix which is for clothing i subscribed to yogi surprise which was going to help me with my yoga practice and i had tried out a couple of the meal boxes you probably have tried some of those so many of us have because it makes mealtime easier it helps with deciding what you're going to cook and helps you like skip the steps it was like the fast pass and so i was thinking to myself as i would get these subscription boxes how happy it made me feel and 
at the time, I, again, I was creating websites for small businesses, mostly female entrepreneurs. And I thought to myself, you know, I had a box in my hand. I'm like, what if I filled this with the things that I loved as a, a female entrepreneur? Clearly, you love those things too. You know, it's personal development stuff. It is office supplies, not just, you know, your typical blue or uh, black big pen. Like I'm sitting here right now with a hot pink pen, you know, exactly. So I thought to myself, what if I filled a box with these things for a female entrepreneur? We all need support as an entrepreneur. And sometimes it feels like you're on an island working by yourself. And so I thought there could be a community component to it. And so I just started talking about it in some Facebook groups with this target audience, with other female entrepreneurs saying, you know, is this something that you'd be interested in? And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. So of course, like any good entrepreneur does, I started a, a, an email list, like an opt-in to say, okay, put your name on the wait list. This is coming soon. So that was summer of 2016. Fast forward a couple months, I had pieced it all together, which I don't recommend at this point. There's so many more resources out there, coaches like myself, but I had pieced it all together and shipped first boxes in October, 2016. And that was such an exciting time to actually physically hold this concept in your hands. Like it is now a product by the end of that year. So a couple months later, I had hit that 100 subscriber mark. And that was a moment where I felt like, okay, this is validation that this is something, a business idea that has legs within nine months, I was able to replace my full-time income. And so I went all in on it. And I know that's that's the launch story. Um, over the years, the six years of running the business, there was tons of ups and downs. And, you know, we can dive into some of those things. Lots of mistakes were made. But I will say in August of this year, I'm that's when I sold the business for multi-six figures. Um, my focus now is on my family and to double down on the subscription box business coaching. So that's the long story short, but it's been quite a ride. That's just amazing. And I think so many people do, I mean, you and I both, we love the digital, you know, we love the digital courses, the memberships, the, mm -hmm. you know, all online, but there is something about a physical product that it just makes people happy. And um, something else I think you did really well that we should touch on. And there's a lot of things that was a six year gap. There is six years. Is that right? Right. Is that math right? <laughs> yeah. But you built a great community also. And then you built mm -hmm. that within your box. So what did that look like? And what did you think, you think that made a huge impact on the boxes as having a community around it? Most definitely. And honestly, when I launched, the community was a little bit of an afterthought. I thought people wanted the stuff. But then as I surveyed my customers so often, they'd say, yeah, I joined because of the stuff. Like I really wanted that, that box of joy to show up, that happy mail but I'm sticking around because of the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And for, you know, a lot of the people that are listening, you know, they'll probably want to hear some numbers. So on average, people would stay for nine months and think about that. If you sell something, do you want to continue to chase one sale month after month? Like just keep chasing new buyers or do you want to be uh, have like a membership or a subscription where they're going to automatically renew month after month after month? And you can kind of project what that revenue is going to look like. So definitely the community was a big part of the entire experience. And I used the community personally as well. Like I, it was my life raft, especially during the pandemic, you know, communicating with other people, asking questions, sharing wins. Um, 
if you felt lost on something or if you were having a challenge in your business, it was a safe place to ask those questions. And one of the things as a business owner I loved about it is I had a direct line in to what they wanted. If I couldn't decide between, you know, product A or product B, all I had to do was ask them. Mm -hmm. And then they felt heard. They were a part of that decision-making process and that kept them along, you know, that kept them as a subscriber longer. And if I can give some advice about a community, a, a Facebook community is, you know, have some boundaries, have some rules, yes, but also you need to be the leader in that group. I constantly was posting questions, like whether they were business prompts. I was um, I was selling things from our shop. Like that's, you know, that's an obvious thing that we could do in there. I was um, allowing them to promote themselves on specific posts. So it wasn't going to be the wild, wild west in there. You know what I mean? We would have specific posts about sharing your wins. We want to cheer you on and support you. And so it was just this great place, but I think I always like to think of it as like this 30 day cycle, you know, your, your entire month, what can you do each week that you can repeat month after month after month mm -hmm. to help keep them engaged? So we would be super excited on shipping day and would show them some behind the scenes. We would, you know, um, the, a couple of days before renewals, we would remind them because we felt like that was the right thing to do. Hey, in case you, you know, just so you know, your renewal will hit in two days and here's a sneak peek of what you're going to get next month. You know what I mean? There's, there's these conversations that we're having to keep them excited, to keep them engaged, but to really build value in there. Right. And you did other things like, um, trainings. So every month, it, think of it as like a virtual stage that we gave every month to a guest expert. And that guest expert would come in, um, and teach about their zone of genius because I can't, I don't know everything about business. In fact, you know, my sweet spot is subscription boxes. Um, so I would have other people come in and teach about legal stuff with business or financial coaching with business. And it was a great way for me to lift them up, put them on stage in front of an audience that's relevant to them, but also for all of us to just learn together. And if we're not learning in our business, like it is so easy to lose traction or, you know, just, you know, fall behind on things. And so always having that new guest expert was so fun because you could learn about them. You could learn about what they were teaching. And if you wanted to go deeper in that topic, you had access to them now because they were in our Facebook group and you could learn about their other programs. So we love that. That was a major part of Sparkle Hustle Grow. You can think of it as almost like three parts. We had the community, we had the personal development, which would be the courses and the training. And then we had the physical product. That's amazing. I love it. So back to the recurring revenue, we touched on that for a second. Yeah. What an amazing, you know, business model for any business owner, right? What are some examples? We have everything you can think of within our group. And I would say mm -hmm. our listeners today, um, mm -hmm. do you have any good examples of someone that, that might reach a certain niche or a certain group that people might not think of? Yeah. I mean, I think you could do either subscription boxes or memberships for literally anything that people are excited about that people have that common interest about. I, if, if you go to the website, CrateJoy.com, that is a marketplace of subscription box businesses. Think of it as like Etsy is a marketplace for makers. CrateJoy is this marketplace for subscription box businesses. And take a minute just to look around and you'll have so much fun 
there are literally subscription boxes for everything. I don't know if they are still in business, but there was like a bearded dragon subscription box and they sent you things for your pet, for your bearded dragon. I mean, that's a very, very specific pet owner that they're targeting. And I love that. So if if you're thinking about doing a tangible product, like a subscription box, go to Create Joy first, go dig around and see what's out there and get inspired. And then, you know, in, in the same breath, you could do that without that physical product too, because you could do a membership. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people that are actually doing membership communities now. And that means, you know, that they have, whether it's a Facebook group or whether it is a community that's based on uh, software like Kajabi or, you know, some of the other um, community softwares. There's, I think the, the thing is, that's really important is one to always provide value to solve problems for your target audience. Um, and two, don't make it overwhelming. So often we are people pleasers and we're just trying to give, 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 give all that time. And sometimes it it can become overwhelming. And so think about maybe, I don't know, four to five things that are your deliverables each month. So maybe that's a Facebook live and that's one of your things. Maybe it is um, a download and that's one of your things. You know, think about what your audience needs, how they consume information and how you can help them solve the pain points or those problems that exist in their life. Yes, that's that's great. Within my um, membership, we do like one personal development challenge each month and then one like health fitness challenge each month. So it might be like drinking enough water or meal prepping mm-hmm. and we all take photos of what we're doing and then we Love share it. that within the group every day. And so it's a lot of fun and it really is. We, you get to know each other and you kind of build and grow. And I just think um, like what you've done, just build a great community is, is a lot of fun and um, is great to add. And, and with that being said, it doesn't just have to be, you started a subscription box. Some people already have businesses, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they couldn't add a subscription box or a subscription service of some sort to their already existing business, correct? Right. You, I, I think you nailed it. You can add it as a additional stream of revenue and then all your eggs aren't in one basket. You know what I mean? Um, you can maybe decide that you want to do a, um, so say you are a brick, brick and mortar and you were on a candle shop. Why wouldn't you do a scent of the month club to move inventory off the shelves? Or maybe you just do an exclusive scent that you put in your subscription box first like where they get first dibs or first access to it. And then the rest of those go on the shelf in your brick and mortar store. There's so many different things that you can do easily to add a subscription or membership to an existing business for sure. So I have a couple of questions here. And so now you're a subscription box coach and I'm going to send everybody listening your way at the end. We'll add all the stuff, but a few, a few questions that people might ask or questions that I've heard a lot in the group. I'm kind of going backwards here, but shipping is a question I hear all the time. Everybody shipping is so high. How do you ship a box? The packages, I shipped some prizes out the other day and it was $10. And I Mm. thought, Oh, it was like, you know what I mean? But I did go in the post office. So do you have advice there? Oh yeah, definitely have some secrets, some hacks to save on shipping. So one think about, um, you know, you could go into the post office or the UPS store or whatever, and you're going to pay that retail price. Well, there's commercial pricing that you can get as a business owner and you can access that type of pricing, which is significantly less, um, through different softwares. My favorite is called pirateship.com. 
and it is free. So there's no monthly fee to it. And it's going to give you access to commercial rates for both USPS, United States Postal Service, or UPS. And so the way you can think of it, that $10 um, item that you shipped might have cost $8, for example, if you went through the, the commercial rate shipping. Now, there's a couple things that you want to think about. And I, I always, almost always shipped USPS because I felt that it was a reliable form for the majority of my customers in the United States. And they're used to shipping small packages, whereas FedEx, UPS, DHL, some of those, they are more equipped for like large boxes. Like think about if you were going to ship a bike, you're going to ship it like DHL or FedEx. Smaller packages, I felt like USPS really came through for me. And a couple of tips that you need to know. One, if you can get your package under one pound, which is 16 ounces, it can ship first rate. Um, and that's a different rate than what, you know, the other you know package rates might be. So if your product is small, or if you are thinking about like, I want to send XYZ products, think about, can you get that under that, that one pound rate? Cause it will save you a lot. Another thing is if you're doing a book club, for example, you can ship what's called media mail and media mail is just for media as it, as it kind of says. So think about like, um, books or planners. Um, and I think they consider things like, you know, CDs and other media, that type of thing, but I can't imagine anyone these days shipping CDs, right? <laughs> so not. think about, yeah, exactly. But they, that's what they call it. They call it media mail. So think about that. If you have a book club, it is much less expensive. If you go to pirateship.com, they have a rates page. It's just pirateship.com slash rates. And I don't rep them or anything. I just love them. And I've used them for six years with Sparkle Hustle Grow. And I've had such a good experience. So when you go to that rates page, if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't know, I have no idea what it's going to cost. You can go ahead and put in your dimensions. You can put in the weight and you can put in the destination because those are the three things that are most often going to impact the, the cost. So for me, if I'm in North Carolina and I'm shipping to California, that's going to cost more than if I'm shipping to Georgia because Georgia is so much closer. So think about that type of thing. Um, and like pirate ship has the best customer service. And I know this is going to sound silly and you may already know this, but they talk like pirates in their customer service. No, they don't. <laughs> they do. Oh my gosh. I've never called before. Well, if you, if you, um, chat with them, like if you're on pirateship.com, they have a chat, like really, really, really great and helpful chat support specialist team. And that they respond. Amazing. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. And I know that sounds silly, but like the little things like that bring me joy. Like it's oh, not yeah. super fun to ship something. Cause you're about to spend a lot of money and you have to make sure you have it packaged well, but then that little bit of joy just makes it just more fun, you know? Yeah, that is fun. Okay. So the next question other than shipping would be buying. So how did you go about finding your products? Did you go to market? Did you go online? How did you find wholesale items? Yeah, that's a great question. So first I'll start with getting my, my reseller's license. So if you haven't heard of that before, a reseller's license is in every state, you can get this certificate, this license, whatever your state calls it. And it allows you to then buy wholesale um, from a manufacturer or distributor or a product, a, a vendor. That is going to allow you to get a wholesale rate. And then also 
not pay the sales tax on that purchase. You're going to pass along those sales tax to your customers. And so that's the first step. The second step is I would literally just go out and do a little shopping haul on my own. I would go to retail stores because I'm that type of person that I wanted to hold the product in my hand. I wanted to test it out. I wanted to, dare I say it, like try to break it. I wanted to make sure that I was sending quality products. And so if I would go to the store, say I went to Target or Staples because they have great office supplies at both of those places, I would buy a handful of things. I would share it with my followers on social media, ask them what they were most excited about because, you know, bring them along on the journey. And then I would reach out to each vendor, each brand. So for example, I've got this pink pen in my hand right now and I'd look it up and I'd say, okay, Papermate is who makes this. I'm going to go to Papermate's website to see if they have a link for um, you know, wholesale accounts or if they have some information on their contact page about how to contact them about wholesale accounts. Oftentimes I would reach out directly to a brand via their website. If they were a smaller business, I'd reach out via Instagram, like a DM and just say, Hey, I'm interested in setting up a wholesale account. Who can I talk to about that? It's way easier than you think. Like you could literally use that script. I would say, my name is Julie Ball. I run a monthly subscription box for female entrepreneurs, and I'm interested in featuring one of your products. Who can I talk to about setting up a wholesale account? That's as simple as it was. I mean, it was really, really easy. Now, there are some markets. I didn't, um, I went to the National Stationery Show before, which was amazing. It was like, it took up the whole Javits Center in New York City, papers and pens and like office supplies. It was just like a dream come true. That sounds amazing. <laughs> right? But I haven't been to the, the markets like in Atlanta. And I think there's one in what, Vegas and Dallas. And I hadn't been to those. But I did shop on the fair online marketplace very regularly. It's F-A-I-R-E. And that's where a lot of um, small businesses and large businesses alike can go on and list their products that they want to buy wholesale or they want to sell wholesale. And then buyers like myself would go in there and you know look on the app, negotiate with them in the messages and then purchase directly through the app. It makes it really, really easy. You saying that made me think something else. You've kind of done this in your home, correct? Yes. Okay. So what did that look like? I mean, you had how many items per box? Ooh, we had four to six items per box plus little inserts, whether that was a postcard or a workbook or things like that. So there was the first couple years we ran it from home, a very small rental home. And there was crinkle cut on the floor everywhere. We used the sunroom as kind of my office, so to speak. We just lined um, the room with catering shelves. It was super simple. Like we were simple people, like we didn't need anything complicated, but there came to a point and I, it was right around the 200 to 250 subscriber mark where it was becoming overwhelming to have that much stuff in your house because I was buying further in advance too. So I might have two months, three months worth of stuff in the house. And also my mail carrier was getting to a point where like, you can only, you, you can't only put so much on your porch, Julie, like, where am I supposed to put these products? And um, some of the packaging or some of the products were starting to arrive on things like pallets. And that just wasn't ideal for our situation. We don't live in that rental house anymore. We live in a much um, larger area right now. Like we have a larger home, but we also have a two-car garage that we renovated into our warehouse. Now, um, let me take a step back before I tell you more about that. 
there was a couple years in the middle there that we did outsource it to a warehouse, a fulfillment agency outside of our house. And that was a time where our numbers were the highest. That was a time when I wouldn't have been able to manage that on my own. My husband was not available to run that side of the business. He was working in the public schools at the time. Um, since then, he we, he doesn't work in the public schools anymore. And this last year or so, it was about last year, year and a half of the business, we had brought it back home to our renovated two-car garage, and he did all the packing and shipping. So we've kind of tested out different scenarios, and there's pros and cons to each, but it was really, really special when I was running the business, he was running the warehouse, and we had that control over it. You know, we didn't have to um, worry as much about it, did the right product show up or is the staff on site um, during the pandemic, there would, there would be days at a time where warehouses would shut down because of a COVID outbreak. And then they had to, you know, clean and disinfect the entire warehouse that can, if that's shipping day, that can really impact your customer's experience. So that definitely played a role into us wanting to bring it back home so that one, that was his new role. His He homeschools our daughter part-time and then he was doing the warehouse thing part-time. So yeah, we've, we've been all over the place testing out different scenarios, but by far my favorite is having it here at the house. Well, I think there would be something pretty special about your daughter seeing that also every day. Yes. It was good for her to see us working, working together and working a non-traditional job mm -hmm. um, because so many of her her friends, their parents would go to an office or whatever. And her being able to see what we were physically doing and that you can create your own future, you can create your own job, you can create your own business. What yeah. I think is definitely empowering for her, especially at her age. You've recently sold. So go ahead and walk through what that would look like for somebody. I've heard you say that you kind of just had a feeling and I think that's mm -hmm. really important to listen to that whenever you have an oh. intuition or a feeling. You're right on everything you said. And it was this gut feeling. Have you ever been in a job where you're just kind of start to check out a little bit where you're like, mm, this doesn't light me up anymore. I, you, you maybe find your mind wandering of like other jobs that might be a better fit. That's what I was starting to feel. This was, let's see, this was summer of 2021. And it was just like one of those things where I'm like, okay, it's there, but it's not strong. So I'm just going to, learn about what it looks like to sell a business. And it's interesting because as I was starting to go through that research phase of like, what does it even look like? I didn't find a lot of people talking about it. Everyone's talking about launch a business, scale a business, you know, all those things. Nobody's talking about well, what happens if you want to sell it. So, cause honestly, you're either going to, in the end, you're either going to shut down a business, you're going to sell a business, or you're going to pass it along to like a family member, like a legacy. It was clear that McKenna did not want Sparkle Hustle Grow. It was not her jam. It was not her passion. So that was kind of off the table. It was profitable and it was a strong enough brand that I didn't want to just shut it down. Like, so that was off the table. So the last option in my mind was, okay, I'm going to sell this, but I need to be really intentional. What does it look like? How do I find my buyer? And so I went and I interviewed, I have a podcast as well called Subscription Box Basics. And so I invited a business broker onto the podcast to talk us through, like, what does that even look like? Now, this is a year before I sold the business. So that's how far out I started doing that research. And I learned a lot from her on that episode. 
And I started really, I don't know how else to say this, but like trimming the fat of the business. Like, do I need this software? Because I probably had five or six software subscriptions that I didn't need anymore or, or weren't crucial to running the business. Like what is actually essential to running your business? And so I started, you know, cleaning up my QuickBooks in the back end, making sure that I wasn't spending money on things that were just frivolous or weren't important to running the business. Um, I started putting together um, updated SOPs, standard operating procedures, knowing that if I want this business to succeed with a new buyer, I need to have all of my processes, my systems in place that I can hand over. So I started doing, you know, little screencast loom videos, started just documenting things as I would do them. And it was fast forward to, let's see, it was probably like March or April of 2022. I had recorded a 12 episode podcast called A Better Way to Hustle. And when I recorded this, my intention was, this is going to be a lead magnet for Sparkle Hustle Grow. I'm going to talk about how you don't have to be lonely when you hustle. You don't have to work 365, 24-7 when you hustle. Like you build a business and a life on your terms. Like it was all these amazing concepts and I felt so passionate about it. And I thought to myself, if I put this podcast out there, maybe it'll attract more people that would like to subscribe to Sparkle Hustle Grow. It did not do that at all. Instead, it was like therapy for me to, for me to emotionally prepare to sell my business. And I didn't know that until hindsight. Um, so after I released this 12 episode podcast season, it was like one of those bingeable ones. I sat down with my husband and my daughter and I laughed because like I had a glass of wine, he had a beer, McKenna had a juice box. And we're like, what does your ideal life look like? What's your dream day? What's your ideal month look like? Let's all talk about what brings us joy. And so we had this great little like dream session. And it was so clear to me after that day, Sparkle Hustle Grow was not a long-term part of that plan. It was, we were ready for our next season, even if we didn't know what our next season looked like yet. And so I um, found myself a business broker that was very in tune with the female entrepreneur lifestyle, um, very very tapped into um, buyers and she's, she was really intelligent and she was fun to talk to. So like all these things made me feel like, okay, this is the broker for me. And I recorded a couple episodes on my podcast about it. If you want to hear like more into that story, but we, I decided to do business with her. We did a broker opinion of value, which is essentially like almost like an appraisal for your business. Like what is it worth? So it's not just profit. Yes. Like that is a huge part of it. There's a calculation to figure out from a profit perspective, what your business is worth, but they also looked at brand reputation, social media. Um, do I own any trademarks? Do I own what URLs do I own? So it's more than just profit, but I would say 100%. If you're thinking about selling your business, make sure it's profitable, like do the work to make it profit bearing because that's how you're going to sell your business. So I decided to list the business and with this broker. And within 94 days, we closed. We sold the business in 94 days. Can you imagine like three months, how different your life could be? And that's what happened to us. We found our dream buyers. Um, the broker did all of the 
heavy lifting the hard work of the of the business deal where she did like the negotiating and you know leading me through contracts and making sure that you know I was in a good deal and the and helping us find those dream buyers and she really did like knocked it out of the park love the new buyers work together with them train them and they're thriving so it's been quite a ride <laughs> I think that's so great and I think that you handled it in such an amazing way like one, you listen to your gut and your intuition that you had that feeling. You were intentional about it. You were smart about it. You sat your family down for a dream session. I love that, that you're like, my family comes first and this is, we're going to do this together as a team. I think that's amazing. I just think, and to be so realistic that not every business, you know, we start things and I start things all the time that I'm like, oh, that was a fun idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not... Yeah not every business, we don't, we may not want every business forever, or we may get something started that is amazing, just not for us. And so, and you're right there everywhere I turn, there's how to grow your business, but there is not much on selling your business. So I think, I think that's great advice. And I definitely think our listeners should head over to your podcast and check that out if anybody's in that boat. So thank you. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, that seasons change. So what I thought was successful six years ago was very different than in the middle of, of my journey. And what was in success looked very different at the end of my sparkle hustle grow journey too. And if you think about it, it's kind of like seasons. If you have kids, for example, like the baby years looked very different than the toddler years versus the grade school years and so on. So seasons change. And I think as people, we change along with them and we have to adapt to what's important to us right now. And that's why I definitely included my family in that conversation because it was going to impact them more than anybody else, especially with my husband doing all the packing, you know, he was essentially going to lose his job. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it that way, so we had to sit down and plan things and we had to like, think about like what's important to us. So, yeah, I think that's that, that if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not sure well, it's okay because your answer today might be different than your answer tomorrow or three months from now or three years from now. And that's okay. Well, your idea of success a few years ago was probably just to make it correct. And then today, maybe your idea of success is more time with your family or 100%. your focus changes. So tell me what, mm-hmm. tell me about that. Yeah. At the beginning, I wanted to, I wanted to contribute to my family. I was a stay-at-home mom and I'm a very type A too. Like I needed that challenge. I needed that, um, that business side of me was aching to like get rolling again. And so I wanted to, I didn't really know what success meant to me. It didn't really mean a specific number. I just wanted to contribute again to our household income. After a couple of years that changed, I wanted to bring my husband home. He was in a toxic public teaching career. And so that's when I started doing my coaching and that helped enough to bring my husband home. And then in the end, absolutely. You know, especially with McKenna, um, she's now in middle school. Like I felt like as her mom, I needed to be there for her more during this time. Cause there's just so much, like it's, it's a heavy time for our kid. It's like awkward and you know challenging and all the things. So, um, definitely focus on the family is where my, where my season is right now. That's so great. And so you had a dream session with your family. You've retired your husband or brought him home, I guess I should yes. say. Yeah. And do I understand correctly that you guys did four day work weeks? 
Yes, we did. We did four day work weeks. And honestly, you know, as I was getting ready to sell the business, I was also pairing back um, my team. And it's funny because you think you need a huge team. And sometimes you just really need to simplify things. And one of those things was for me was I do homeschool co-op on Fridays. And so that's why I don't work on Fridays. Um, typically, at least, I mean, if there's an opportunity, yeah, I'm not going to say no, but for the most part, you will not find me, you know, doing the work on a Friday because I'm doing the homeschool co-op thing. So it's great. I like, I really love the season that we've moved into. One of the things that has been most fulfilling for me too, is the profit, the proceeds that we made from selling the business, my husband was able to launch his next new career. So he's doing, as we speak, like he's doing a fixer upper, he's learning the real estate industry. And that is the game plan is for that to be our retirement to eventually have multiple homes. We've rented, um, we've run an Airbnb in the past. So we know that it, we know what's involved. We know how to do that and that it can be really profitable. And so that's been really fulfilling to see him take a step into his newest career. And it's just, it's lighting him up. He's just so happy about it. Yeah. Those are both great recurring or passive income options as well. Right. Really great ones. That's amazing. So before we get off here, I said earlier that we probably both have personal development in common, like our uh, love for it. I'm pretty passionate about it. That's kind of the direction I've went. So a few questions on that. Here we okay. go. What would you say your favorite personal development book is? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. There's, I've just read so many. Okay. So I don't have a favorite, but I'll, I'll tell you a few of my favorite, like my tops. Um, I really, really like when it comes to like money mindset, love Jen Sincero. She wrote the You Are a Badass series and I love Denise Duffield Thomas. She wrote um, like Chillpreneur, um, Get Rich Lucky Bee, um, a couple other ones, like really, really good mindset stuff. And as an entrepreneur, like money mindset was definitely one of my biggest challenges. So I, for sure, I'm trying to look like behind me because I have a whole bunch of books over there. I'm trying to think of, what am I reading right now too? Um, I'm reading Relatable. I cannot remember who the author is, but it's all about building community and it's all about um, being relatable to people. When you are talking to someone, not making it about you, making it about them, being a better listener. So that's really good. I'm about three quarters of the way through that one. It's a short book. I think it was like maybe 125 pages and I read like half of it in the first day. It's so good. I was just eating it up. So I love that one. I'm trying to think of what else I'm listening to. I think that I'll, I'll stop there for now because those are some of my top wins for sure with the, with the money mindset. That's great. I think I need to add showpreneur to my list. Yes, yes, yes. Please do. What about a podcast? Is there, do you have any go-to's? Yeah, I listen to the Amy Porterfield Online Marketing Made Easy podcast very, very regularly. That's Her the latest one where... guest was pretty great. I know. Hey, it was congratulations such... on that. Thank you. What That's a treat exciting. it was because yeah, you, know, you were talking about one of your mentors that you followed forever. Amy was that for me. And so when I was launching, you know, my first business, I, I was listening to her and I was doing the things that she told me to do. And those things were working. And so all along, 
I was following and yeah, I recently scored a spot on her podcast to be able to talk about subscription box businesses. And it was amazing because you ever hear that thing where they say, you know, close one door and another door will open. Mm -hmm. We announced the sale of Sparkle Hustle Grow on one day. The next day I got invited to be on the podcast. Just can't ignore those kinds of things as coincidence. It just feels very serendipitous. So what about last question about personal development, but what's your morning routine look like? Oh, you're going to hate it. Like, I don't really have one. I like to know. And I love telling people this because I think so often we're told it has to be, it's black and white. You have to have a morning routine to be successful, or you have to be an early riser to be successful. And I think there's so many great things about early risers and morning routines, but it's just not my jam. Um, I like to sleep in. And so I will, a lot of times because we homeschool, we have the, the, luxury of doing that, which is really nice in my morning routine. I I mean, one of the first things I do is wash my face and brush my teeth because it wakes me up. I read a devotion before I look at my phone and then I drink some coffee. I mean, it's not complicated. And I hope for anyone that feels like they have to have a morning routine, you don't, it can definitely help the right person to have some structure, to have some of that quiet time. But if you don't, that doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. Right. I hear that all the time. You have to do what's best for you. There is somebody, I follow somebody who says that all the time. They don't, I have to be an early riser. I'm constantly, I already wake up at like 4 a.m. And I'm like, could I, my brain works better. I am so much more productive. I am an early riser, but I follow someone who multimillionaire, huge business, He's always like, I wake up at like nine. You do not, you don't have to do what they tell you to do. You do not have to wake up early and do all these things in order to be successful. So I think that's very true. Yeah. And I think it depends on when is your sweet spot? Like if you said you're sharp at like four or 5 a.m., good for you. That's awesome. You know that you can build your day around that. I'm sharpest between 10 and two. Like th- those are my hours where I feel like I can knock out the best work. I don't feel distracted. I don't feel tired. Um, And so I try to schedule a lot of my stuff between 10 and two. That's great. Yes. I think you just have to find what works for you. Find your time of day. Everybody's different. If if I tried to work at night, like a lot of people do, it would not work. It would not work (laughs) at all. Um, So why don't you tell everybody where we can find you mention the podcast. So let's start there and then the website and yep. And it's, it's real easy. It's called subscription box basics. That's the name of the podcast. The website, that's where you'll find us on Instagram, all the things, subscription box basics. And through that brand, that company, I coach new and aspiring subscription box entrepreneurs to get clarity to start their own subscription box business. And I think it's even like, it's even more fun now because I have the full circle of experience of launching, scaling, and selling a subscription box business. And so since I've talked more and more about that. I've just heard so many people say like, I never thought about selling my business, but that just, that's so intriguing to me right now. So um, I would encourage you to go to the website or to the um, podcast subscription box basics, maybe go back a few episodes where I talk about selling my business. If you want to hear more in depth of the entire story, but otherwise um, you can hear my launch story. You can hear where I do coaching and I, I teach things And my co-host Renee, she's super fun. She's like biz bestie you always wanted. So I think your listeners will really enjoy it. Perfect. And I will put all that in the show notes so everybody can find you there. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I'm so happy that I got to talk to you and I hope my listeners, I know they will, they'll love it too. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. I really do appreciate the invitation. And if your listeners have any questions, my DMs are always open. It's again, at Subscription Box Basics. I love to talk shop. So let's, uh, let's hear from you. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the She is Unstoppable podcast. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review. My two boys are tracking downloads and reviews with a sticker chart, so your support will definitely bring a lot of joy to my home. For more information and resources, be sure to visit our website at www.lauramcclainandco.com. That's where you find everything for She is Unstoppable and Small Business Moms. We also have a personal development and business book club, a membership, and a t-shirt club. And I would love for you to join if you are interested in growing with an amazing group of like-minded women. Until next time, don't forget, you are unstoppable.